You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. The antithesis of obtainable is unreachable, of something that seems impossible to grasp, (laughs) something that's out of your reach. You don't have the power, you don't have the means to get it and that's the reason is is unreachable or impossible to you and when it comes to people in general there there are certain things that are just unreachable for for men for women. Doesn't matter how intelligent you are, doesn't matter how good you are at a particular thing. There, there are just certain things that are impossible for you to do. We are limited beings. We're limited. Consider Matthew, the 19th chapter. Let me just say that, or let you see it from a biblical standpoint. Matthew, the 19th chapter. Y'all there? Look at what Jesus said in verse 26 of Matthew 19. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Possible means doable. God can do anything save fail. That's our testimony. That have experienced the omnipotent or supernatural power of God. How many of that's your testimony that, that God can do anything, say, fail? It took more than a man to change you. Took more than medicine to cure you. Took more than a psychologist or a psychiatrist to change your mind. It took Jesus. With men is unreachable, but not with God. God's hand is not too short that he cannot save. Neither his eyes too dim that he cannot see. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Surely the Lord God Almighty will bring it to pass. I like what what Moses said in reference to God. Let's go to Numbers 23 real quick. Numbers the 23rd chapter. And we're just going to consider the 19th verse. I, I hope by now somebody knows that men are limited. Including your preacher. As well as yourself. Am I talking right? Look at what look at what Moses said in reference to God, Numbers twenty three and nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie. What does that say to us? God can't lie. God is not like man that will lie. 
Again, God is not man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent or change his mind. He changes not. Has he said and will he not do? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? If God says it, he's going to do it. He's going to make it better. If he says he's going to bless you, he's going to make your life better. If he says he's going to help you, he's going to help you. If he says he's going to make a way out of no way, that means you can look for him to do it. Shout at somebody, God cannot lie. Because he's not like man. How many believe that again? One means that God equips man to reach the unattainable with his help, his faith. I said, ills faith. I can't reach it, but God says, Walker, if you will use your faith, I'll help you bring it to pass. Faith moves God. Faith moves God. Faith moves God. Faith moves God. I know you've read Hebrews 11 and 6, but I want you to go there with me. Hebrews 11 chapter. And let's take a closer look at Hebrews. Let's take a closer look at Hebrews 11 and 6. Ready? Don't fake on me. Go there, go there now. Hebrews 11 and 6. Ready? Without faith... It is impossible to please God. If I'm going to please God, if I'm going to make God happy, it's going to take faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Look at what faith is in Hebrews 11 and 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not what? Seen. Without hope, it's impossible to please God. Without expecting to have what you don't see according to the promise of God, it's impossible to please him. Faith is the substance of things, the evidence of things not seen. I believe God going to do it even though I don't see it or sense it. I'm hearing everything but a good report. But despite what... My senses are hearing, are seeing, I'm still going to trust God to do it. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again, Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must. Believe that he is. And when you believe that God is, it's not just saying you believe that he exists. It says that you believe that he'll do exactly what he has said, he has written. You believe God in totality. Is not just believing his existence, because even the devil believes. Folk that don't even look to God for help believe. He who comes to God must believe that he is. And notice he takes it further, and that he is a rewarder. That means you got to expect God to give you something. But notice when. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. 
when you put God's word to work, God going to reward you. When you step out on what God told you to do, you can expect the bounty of God to come your way, not just from four directions, but seven directions. God is a God of perfection. Seven is the number of perfection. God will bless you to the point to where you won't even have room to put it. That's the reason we tell somebody and we don't take it back. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Matter of fact, it's a good time to tell somebody that right now. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody. And you realize that when you operate in faith and God turns around and rewards you according to your faith. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You just don't need to come to church just to hear what the preacher has to say. You need to come to church and receive what the preacher has to say so God in turn can do for you what you can do for yourself. I said so God in turn can do for you what you can't do for yourself. Because there are certain things, like it or not, we don't have the ability or the capacity to do. But if we trust God for our salvation, if we trust God to intervene, God will bring to pass what is impossible with man. Somebody believes that. But say to your neighbor one more time, you got to put your faith into action. You just can't have faith and not use it. You have to put your faith into action. If God tells you to give, give and watch God cause things to happen that your eyes have not seen. If God tells you to step out and trust him, watch God cause things to come to fruition that you never dreamed of. Some of y'all act like you don't like this type preaching. You act like you don't like this type Teaching, you act like you don't like me to like me saying what I'm saying, but somebody in here like it because you are a product of faith. It was your faith that caused you to get through school. It was your faith that caused you to obtain what you're wearing right now, what you're staying in right now. It was nothing but your faith that caused you to come out of the ditch of the hole that you were in. I know my life would be worse if it hadn't been for my faith. It takes faith. And when you have faith, God will reward you. I don't care how bleak the situation looks. I don't care if the deadline has came, it has passed, and the books have been shut. If you have faith, God will move on your behalf. God will do for you what needs to be done. If you have faith. You got to have faith. You got to put what you hear in the action. And then when trouble comes, you have to continue to put it into action. Because your faith will be tried. I said your faith will be tried. There are certain things that are going to come just to try you. But you still have to keep the faith. That's the reason Peter said in 1 Peter 4 and 12, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you. As though some strange thing has happened to you. He says, no, you rejoice. You rejoice. Don't, 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 don't even, don't even blink. Just rejoice. Because it's going to happen. Your faith gonna be tested. 
Like it or not, your faith is going to be tested. And you have to keep it because without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, see, some of us in the midst of being tested, we loose our faith. We let go of it. And when you let go, based upon Hebrews 11 and 6, you didn't get the reward. But some of us have been in some hot trials. Some smoking trials. And kept our faith and live the tale, folk, that if you just hang in there, despite the temperature rising on a daily basis, all things will work out for your good. Good God, I got some folk in here that know what it is to hang on in there. And God turn around and reward you according to your faith. When somebody told you it wasn't going to happen, you say, I'm just going to trust God anyway. They say, well, you're making a mistake. Well, I'm going to trust him anyway. It's my mistake to make. But it wasn't a mistake. It was the best thing you ever did in your life because it learned you to trust God despite what you see, despite what you hear, despite what's taking place in your life. And some of us know that circumstances will change, but God won't change. Don't let your circumstances move you because your circumstances will change. But your God will not change. And that is a blessing. God will tell you, I'm going to bless you. Your circumstances can get worse. Don't you worry about that. Because God hadn't changed his mind about blessing you. God hadn't changed his mind about bringing you out. Even when it gets worse, never think that God done changed his mind about blessing you. Look at somebody real quick and tell, hold on to your faith. Hold on to God's word. Because what? Faith comes by and hearing. Contextually or according to Mark 10, 46 through 52. Jesus, his disciples, and the passage says a multitude. whole lot of folk were following Jesus as he was going out. Of Jericho. It had a good time in Jericho. But it was time to leave. The city. And while Jesus was ministering in Jericho. As well as while he was on his way out of Jericho. On the road. And it does not go into detail telling us how far away initially that Bartimaeus was from Jesus. But, but it had to be a good distance because, because when we are first introduced to Bartimaeus, he's begging. He's begging. He was asking help. Asking for help. And, and, and it wasn't just no normal asking to the point to where he had, 
he had to actually plead with folk to give him certain things. And that can be humiliating. It's it's one thing for me to come to you and say, look, can I uh, have such and such? You know, that's just normal. I'm asking you, yeah, sure. But then on the other hand, I'm just pleading with you to give me something. And in one sense, when, when you're begging, uh, it means that you have asked the person and, and the person has said no. But you just continue to ask the person even though the person has said no. Now, now some of us, we, we, wouldn't even, we wouldn't even go there. If they tell us no the first time, we just done. Look, can I uh, have such and such? No, okay. We we done. We we go we go somewhere else because we done because because we feel to a degree that begging is beneath us. Woo! I wish I had some honest folk. I don't want to have to beg you. Let, just let me put it on the tape. I don't, I don't want to have to beg you. As pride, but no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying I, I don't want to have to beg you for none of that cheesecake. You don't want to give me none of that cheesecake? Okay, but I, I don't want to have to keep. Just go buy my own cheesecake. How many by a show of hands when it comes to begging, it's just beneath you. That's how you feel. But, but see, you, you, you have to understand when, when it comes to Bartimaeus, there was no system in Palestine where he could go to and get food and help. If he was going to eat, it either had to be provided by his family, friends, or someone else, or he had to beg for it. If his family, friends, and others didn't have the means to support him, he had to beg for it. And seemingly, nobody was able to support him, so he didn't have to go get this side the road. And, and he couldn't stand side the road. He, he had to just Sit side the road and just big. Can you imagine him having to big some of us? You, you, you know how you treat them folk who. We'll work for food. Hadn't eaten in two days. You in your car with the arrow. Just stopped at Wendy's. Got two single burgers and large fry. Come on now. Hmm. And, and often. We don't do it because we, we feel as if the person that's doing it lazy, is lazy, crooked, are going to take it and do God knows what with it. 
And so we just go on. And you have fakes. Yeah, because it was this one person that I said, I'm just going to give this, this lady something. She old and I'm going to give her something. So I gave her something. And then uh, about a week or two later, I came back to the store, same lady. And she was in there buying a 12-pack. And a carton of cigarettes. And I asked Cassie, I said, that, that lady who'll be right out there. She said, yeah. She managed to get her enough money every Friday to get her, her carton of cigarettes and some beer. I said, every Friday? Every Friday. And me and her relationship was over. But to this day, she's still out there with her sign, just looking forward, just like this. Bartimaeus was not faking, and get this, and people knew it. They knew he was literally blind. Knew that he didn't have any means of support because he was there side the road daily asking for help. Side the road daily pleading with folks to do something. He didn't want to be in his condition. And, and, and it's a lot of folks that, that have to plead with others for help. They don't, they don't want to be in that, that condition. It's some of us right now that, that are going through things that, that we don't want to be in the place we want to be in. It's some folks like to be dependent on others. Woo! Yes, it is. But that was not where he wanted to be. And when you consider the text, you know that's not where he wanted to be. And, and so he was beside the highway begging. But then he heard about Jesus. And, and notice, notice contextually what happens. When he heard about Jesus... He went from begging to worshiping. He started crying out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He went from begging to crying out. Now see, it, it was unique because it is some folk, it's some folks that, that are beside the highway that out there begging when you say, look, Jesus can help you, they immediately turn you off right then. It's some folk that, that's looking for help the moment you try to tell them about Jesus, they don't want to hear nothing about the Lord, they just want two dollars or whatever you may be able to get in. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But not Bartimaeus. But Bartimaeus didn't even have to have nobody tell him about Jesus. He already knew about Jesus. But when he heard that Jesus was on his way. Coming his way. He changed from being a beggar to a worshiper. And let me tell you something, saints of God, there comes a time to where you have to change from being one thing to something else if it's better. He went from being the worst to the better. Or the best. What's better? A beggar or a worshiper? A worshiper. 
He had to beg, but when he seen the opportunity that he didn't have to continue begging, that his deliverance was at hand, he went from begging to worshiping. Say to your neighbor, it was a happy day for Bartimaeus. Because he knew that his deliverance was at hand. He knew that his way out of his predicament was at hand. He was excited just because Jesus was coming his way. He was excited just because he was coming his way. Is Jesus? Yeah. But he also knew it was a multitude. And ain't no telling how much noise was taking place. Especially they they going down the road. And so Bartimaeus didn't just call on Jesus in a dignified way. He was screaming. You hear me? He was screaming. When it says cry out, it connotes screaming, hollering. Jesus, have mercy on me. Now you know how some folk get loud in the church and you want them to be quiet. Don't even act like that. And some folk get loud in the church because they want folk to hear them. Yeah, you have that. But Bartimaeus was not being dignified. Bartimaeus didn't care Who heard him saving Jesus? His his bottom line was, I have got to get his attention. I'm going to worship him. I got to let him know. I know who you are. I know you are the son of David. I know you are the beloved. I know you are the God of compassion. I know you are the God that possess healing. I know you have 10,000 blessings in your hand and I just want one of them blessings. He was happy because Jesus was coming his way. He was happy because he was about to get his deliverance. He just had to get the Savior's attention. Say to your neighbor, there was a woman that was about like Bartimaeus. She just said within herself, I got to touch it. But Bartimaeus wasn't looking to touch Jesus that day. Bartimaeus was just looking for Jesus to hear him. If he can just hear me, if I can, if he can just hear me screaming over here, I'll be all right. All I want him to do is just hear me. Isn't that amazing? God tells his children that, that his ears are always open to our cries. But even though he says that and we go to him in prayer, because, because the scripture says that we have the right to go boldly to his throne, to ask for mercy, to ask for grace in time of need. But we'll, we'll go and ask him and then we'll come back down. But not Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus knew if I can just talk to him, if I can just get his attention, I know I'm going to get my deliverance. And so he was so loud to where not just one person, but a number of folk. He was getting on folk nerves. You know how it is. 
She needs shut up. I can't hear what the preacher's saying. Can you be quiet, blind man? Can you just be quiet? Thou son of David, have mercy on me. They could have slapped him. They could have hit him. He wouldn't have knew who did it. He was blind. He didn't care if they slapped him. He didn't care if they kicked him. Even though he wouldn't have been able to fight back. Successfully, he just wanted Jesus' attention. That's all he wanted, Jesus' attention. And that's all we should want, his attention. And see, he kept praising him. He kept magnifying God. I mean, understand that it, it, it wasn't just somebody just just calling out a name. It was somebody worshiping him. See, worship moves God. And see, this man was happy. You got to get that in your spirit. He was happy and he was delighting himself in God so he could get his breakthrough. Y'all, y'all, do y'all see that in the text? He wanted mercy. Let, let me show you something. Good God. Y'all stay with me. Let's go to, uh, the book of Psalm. Let's look at, let's look at mercy. In reference to what the scripture says about it. Let's go to Psalms 32 first. Consider verse 10. Psalm 32 and 10. Y'all stay with me. Ready? Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he who trusts in the mercy shall what? It's evident that Bartimaeus was trusting God. Now, if the scripture is right, he was going to get his mercy. He, he was trusting God in that he was crying out to him. Look at, look at the verse again. Look at it. He who trusts the Lord shall be surrounded by what? The root meaning of surround is overflow. He was going to get more than enough mercy. Bible speaks about how the mercy of God endures, get this, forever. That means nothing is powerful enough to stop God's mercy. That's the reason it is important for us to ask God daily for his mercy. Nothing can stop his mercy from doing for you what needs to be done in your life. Mercy shall surround him. You're going to get an overflow of mercy. And you, you can understand why he was happy. You can understand why even though folks wanted him to be quiet, that he wouldn't be quiet. Because he... He was asking for something that would cause him to be completely delivered. Can we go further? Consider Psalm 86. Some of y'all look like y'all eating this word. Is it good? All right, Psalm 86 and 13. For great is your mercy toward me. Get this. And you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol or the grave. Mercy is so powerful that it can deliver you from death. Now when he mentions Sheol in, in, the, in the text, in one sense from a figurative standpoint... God can deliver you from complete ruin or devastation. I say it from complete ruin or devastation. How many believe that? Matter of fact, some, some of us went through that. Oh yeah, we, we were in ruin, but God said, I'm going to pull you out of that. 
You had been devastated, but God said, I'm going to raise you up. I'm just going to pull you up. Did he do it? But it was because of his mercy. What is God's mercy? It's his compassion. It's his favor. It's when God does for you what you are not capable of doing for yourself. I say mercy is when God does for you what you or nobody else is capable of doing for you. You see why we need God's mercy? Bartimaeus knew there's no way I can heal myself. And there's no way any other man can heal me. If I'm going to be healed, if I'm going to come out of what the doctor is saying is permanent, it's going to be through God's mercy. You got to get in your mind, nothing is permanent when you put it up against God. Because God can do anything. Help me. So even though they warned Bartimaeus to be quiet, he kept crying out. He kept giving God the glory. He kept giving God the glory until finally Jesus stopped. Stood still. And commanded him to come. And then. Someone. Had the nerve to say to Bartimaeus. As if he was not happy. Feel good shit. Say to your neighbor. The reason Jesus stopped. Is because. Bartimaeus was worshiping him. Bartimaeus was delighting himself in him. If he would have been sorrowful, Jesus never would have stopped. Because sorrow is not what moves God. Faith as well as praise is what moves God. I got to show you something. Go with me to Psalm 37. And remember Jesus and, and, and Stuart still. And then he asked Bartimaeus, what is it you want me to do? Let me show you something. Psalm 37. Verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And God shall give who? What? Bartimaeus? What you want me to do? Why did he ask him that? Bartimaeus had delighted Jesus to the point to where Jesus was ready to give him his heart's desire. He went from begging to worship and it moved the Lord to the point to where he was ready to give him his heart's desire. Some of us love pity parties, but I'm going to tell you something. A pity party will not get you your heart's desire. I said a pity party will not get you your heart's desire. If you want God to give you your heart's desire, look at what it's going to take. Delight yourself also in him and he will give you the desires of your heart. Bartimaeus, what is it you want? Sound like he ready to give him his heart's desire to me. The thing we need to ask before we go any further, was this just a one-time episode? Was this just a one-time thing? Ask your neighbor say, do you believe it was a one-time thing? Now, now the amazing thing is, it is hundreds of years apart. 
David, the writer of Psalms 37, understood that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And some way or another, Bartimaeus also knew that if he just worshiped the Lord, delighted himself in Jesus to the point to where he got his attention, God was going to move on his behalf. God is telling me to break this down because somebody in here, God getting ready to give you your heart's desire. But now he ain't talking to folk to what you had at pity party every third Sunday. He ain't talking about you now. See, you got to cut out that third Sunday pity party or that third Tuesday pity party and, and come on and get with the program and start giving God the glory despite what you're going through. You ain't the only one going through trouble. You got to praise God if you expect God to give you your breakthrough. You got to magnify your God if you expect him to give you what you want. What, what, what get me with the passage is that a multitude of folk are following Jesus. And no doubt in, in the midst of the multitude, there were probably many that wanted the Lord to do something for them. Bartimaeus had a reason to just, to just say, Lord, you, you, you know, things been so bad. Can't get no money, no food out here. He didn't do that. He chose to worship him as the son of the beloved. He chose to trust him for his deliverance. So again, the Lord was ready to give him his heart's desire. How can you say that, Pastor? Look at the passage. He stops and commands him to come. And when Bartimaeus comes to Jesus, Jesus asks him the question, What is it? What you want? Can you imagine the Lord just, just asking you one day, What you want? You done praise him to the point to where he just got to stop. What you want, Walker? Look at what he says. I'm closing. Father Mercy. You got it, right? Okay, I'm getting ready to close. Look at this. The blind man said to him, Rap on out. Look how respectful the blind man was. And, and, and you got to keep this in mind. He didn't know how Jesus looked, period. He was, he was like us. He just trusted Jesus for his salvation. The blind man said to him, that I may receive my sight. I want you to give me what they're saying I, I'll never have. I, I, I want you to give me what's impossible for any man to do. I, I, I want you to give me what money came by. I, I want you to give me what researchers, scientists, and so forth and came up with a cure for. They say, I'll never have use of this again. I, that, that's what I want. That's what I want. What amazes me is what Jesus said after the blind man told him what he wanted. 
that, that this, this just amazes me because it, it lets me know the power of faith. Look, look at this. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Didn't lay not one hand. Just gave him a few words. Go your way. Oh, uh, okay. Your faith has made you well. That's profound. Say to your neighbor, this passage, this last little verse of verse 52 is the reason you never give up on your faith. Go your way. Your faith has made you well or whole. Your faith has made you well. And, and see, when, when I look at that, the, the first thing come to my mind is, I got faith. Seemingly, Bartimaeus wasn't even in church at the time. I'm not saying he was or wasn't. I said seemingly. But I'm in church getting faith. So if his faith could make him well, and God changes not, my faith is making me well. Say to your neighbor, I don't know what you're going through. But based on the passage, your faith can make you well. Or is making you well. You, you probably like me. My, my faith making me well. I don't care what I go through. My faith is going to make me well. I hear you just went through hard times. Yeah, but my faith is making me And notice Bartimaeus was serious about his worship because after he got his sight, he didn't go to no family. He didn't go to no friends. Notice the passage. He continued to follow Jesus. He became a legitimate disciple Thereafter. Ain't that amazing? Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. I'm done. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.